don't try and be everything to everyone. In fact, one of the most important things that I, I got to was actually finding one client. Let's not go and find 50 clients. Let's go and find one client and solve their problems. The thing that I realized after that was there was multiples of those one client around, right? Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches with Kathy Smith. This podcast is the ultimate resource for coaches looking to transform their coaching passion into a thriving business. Kathy Smith began a journey as a marketing professional in 2001 and has helped thousands of businesses to grow. Kathy specializes in helping coaches and is dedicated to showing you how to get your first clients and then many more. If you are ready to take your coaching practice to the next level, then you are in the right place. Whether you are just starting your coaching journey or you're an experienced coach not seeing the results you desire, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches. We have our very first guest on Small Business Talk for Coaches since we changed to coaching. So, of course, who have we got? We have got a coach. Welcome, Paul. Paul Bryan from Action and Intent. G'day, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me here. You are very welcome. And we've just been discussing off air about what we'd like to talk about. We've got very similar philosophies. So we were talking about growth and how people overcomplicate it. So today's topic is going to be the simplicity of growth. And yes, it actually can be simple. Yeah, 100%. In fact, um, I try and always follow the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid, as I have to keep reminding myself because it's easy to overcomplicate things when you're trying to uh, grow and, and make new things happen. So, yeah, I think we go. Absolutely. So, Paul, can you tell us a bit more about who you are and why you're here? Yeah, absolutely. So, now, as I mentioned, my name is Paul and I'm a business coach and I work specifically uh, in the NDIS. And for anybody that's not in Australia is unaware, that is our disability services uh, division of the government here in Australia. And we have people that look after people with disabilities. I work with those businesses. Um, it's sometimes difficult for them to maintain a profitable business and one that genuinely looks after people. So I'm a business coach, but there's also a lot of, um, you know, personal development in that sort of th space that I do and systemizing. I found that it's very, very rewarding for what I do. As I said, I run group programs in that space and some one-to-one, -one, both live events and online. So I have a, a good mix, I think, of how I operate with my clients. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we quite often get caught up in with coaching is we want to do the well-being and the helping and we forget that we are running businesses and they need to be profitable businesses, not just expensive hobbies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. An expensive hobby. Absolutely. I've had one of those. <laughs> I'm sure most coaches have at some point. <laughs> okay. So let's think about simplicity of growth. Have you got some tips that particularly our coaching audience can start thinking about when they want to grow their profitable businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been, I guess, coaching um, on and off for about seven years and then really full-time for about the last three years. Um, and I found that um, there was so much 
available for me to do. And I see, uh, I guess, these guru coaches doing all this really cool, flashy stuff, and I would try to emulate them in what they were doing. And it just became an absolute, uh, I don't swear, it was, a, it was a horrible effort, basically, right, in me trying to uh, imitate people who are doing, you know, uh, $100,000 a month, a million dollars a month, when I was still working with just a handful of clients. And so the main thing I had to come back to, which, which my coach helped me to do, uh, right, which was just become a lot more simple in how I approach things, not try and overcomplicate it. And that's why simplicity became so important. So a couple of tips that I would have would be to scale back and, for lack of a better term, know your space, right? And don't try and be everything to everyone. In fact, one of the most important things that I, I got to was actually finding one client. Let's not go and find 50 clients. Let's go and find one client and solve their problems. The thing that I realized after that was there was multiples of those one client around, right? Um, so finding the one client was absolutely uh, imperative and, you know, that, that niche. And the other really main thing was um, not trying to go too big with my, my systems and processes, trying to have, you know, all these fancy sales funnels and fantastic websites and, you know, always looking polished. One of the best things I did, again, keep it simple, was I went live uh, twice a week on Facebook. I couldn't be polished. Um, I wouldn't call myself a fantastic public speaker, but I just went live on Facebook and just talked about the issues that that one client that I found was dealing with. And so we solved problems on Facebook um, and then started to grow from there. And as as my business grew, then I started adding the systems to make it easier. So, Excellent. And I think that's a really great point there is just go for that one client and there are multiples of that one client and that's what we talk about avatars all the time is who mm. is that perfect client. But as we know, perfection is something that evolves. So in the beginning, we don't know who is perfect and it's sometimes just a case of getting out there, getting that one person, helping that one person and doing yeah. the very best you can for them. As you grow, then you can get your systems and sort it out and get it a bit more polished. So I love that. The other tip that you had that I really liked is just hitting record. So going live, answering questions, answering problems, doing yeah. the case study, do, do what yeah, you were doing maybe during some of the, the week about what was going on and what was working and maybe what was not working as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I found that um, I, I found where my ideal avatar, my ideal client was hanging out, and that was Facebook. And so that's, that's where I went live. If it was LinkedIn, I would have been leaning into LinkedIn. If it was on Instagram, that's where I would have been, right? Um, mine was on Facebook and that's where they were spending bulk of their time. And so that's where I really, really lent into. Um, and I, I think that it's too easy for us, again, to expand and try and be everything to everyone on all different platforms. You know, you've got to be on every platform and all that sort of stuff. No, you um, don't. No, no. And to, to give your listeners a, a bit of an idea, if, you know, if you're in the process of trying to get the ball rolling, um, 
I went full time as a as a business coach operating only through Facebook. Right? So that one one platform. That's all I did and no ads. This was all just going on, solving problems, having conversations, and that grew a full time business. So this idea you've got to be everything and everyone and everywhere is just not actually doable. Absolutely. And I think your point about watching what other people are doing and trying to copy it is a really good one because a lot of the big coaches are actually getting a lot of bad publicity at the moment because they're not following what they're teaching. Well, of course they're not because they're not at that level. They're at a much higher level. So it's really sticking in your lane and learning the things that are at your level is very, very important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I signed up to all sorts of funnels like click funnels and group funnels and tried getting a virtual assistant and, you know, I had all these fantastic things. Um, I scrapped it all and then went back to literally having a um, a Stripe account like for an online payment, yep. right? A PDF with all the details of exactly how I operate and what I do and the pricing and my guarantee and DM. <laughs> that was my business for about 18 months to two years, realistically. Um, and it is, it is still the most profitable area of my business as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where people go wrong is, yes, you need to grow into what you've got, but it's no point buying a Mercedes when you're five years off being able to get your driver's license. So you have to get closer, get the push bike first, and then maybe the moped and then the car and maybe not the top of the range one. (laughs) That's exactly right, right? So, you know, once that became a viable business, then I had you know a really nice website i had a i had a basic single page website before that right but then i have a website now that actually converts and it attracts people and we send people there and there's stuff they can download and helpful information but that was so much more ancillary to what actually runs my business which is that core of get people in a conversation send them the details if that'll help you great let's have a chat yes and it was that was just the simplicity of growing for me was getting rid of everything that was really distracting me from actually doing the work that I'm good at. Yeah, shiny objects. We yeah. love the shinies. <laughs> and I think right. that's really important is to breaking it down to getting in front of your people, making them an offer, showing them how you can help them and having a chat. Yeah, and I think we have had several conversations through our, our, our networking events and all that sort of stuff. It's just that when you just go to that that space of your niche, that ideal person you can help, everything else is so much more streamlined. All your systems are based around that person. All your messaging is based around that person. You know, when you build a website, the website is aimed at that person, right? And it's just you're not – it's so much more beneficial and it's more economical for your, your dollar in your business to go, right, everything's targeted in this direction. We're not going to try and – spread it out so much that you know what do they what do they say you, you, you see this is how bad i am i don't know was it click through rate and all those sort of things i want to keep things as tight as possible just like a sniper rifle at my ideal client yep absolutely because how often is it that you hear some messaging and you go 
oh, no, that's awful because you're not their target market. And then you hear the next set and you go, oh, my God, is he in my head? That is so me. That is the problems I had last night, yesterday. And that is because you are getting really specific. And people get worried about being specific and niching that they're going to lose viability and options. What do you say about that? Oh, we've we've got... um... I, I almost go on a bit of a rant when people tell me that niching is a bad idea because let, let's say uh, you operate in a local area. I do this with some of my businesses. You operate in a local area um, and so let's say that there is a possible 300,000 people within a radius that you could possibly work with them, all right? Okay, well, first of all, you're a plumber, okay? So then the plumber, right, well, now we need people who own homes. So let's say those 100,000 people have got homes but all those homes are probably fine let's say that there's 10 percent of those people that need some work on their house and so now there's 10 percent of those people so that's ten thousand people um but your business only does so much you don't do x amount right and so let's say there's five now you've got five thousand ideal clients that you can talk to and you can solve their problems for them rather than trying to talk to the three hundred thousand people who don't need what you do yes right yes. And it means that you can get right in front of them. It's so much easier. It's like um, I used to go and deliver um, pamphlets, right? Yep. And you'd have every couple. Sure, I saw a lot of us have done the old paper route at some point. Um, <laughs> and so you'd go through and you'd, you'd be putting all these pamphlets in. But if you're a coach and you're trying to find your ideal client, it's like going to every single person's house saying, hey, do you want a business coach? Hey, do you want a business coach? Hey, do you want a business coach? Well, if you go to, if you knew which house had a business in it, which was the type of business you could work with, you could go straight to that door, knock on the door and say, hey, here's what I do. Is that helpful for you? So I think people just get in their head a lot about what is actually viable for them to do. Yes. And, and, um, and how, to, how to keep it as simple as possible. So you're solving someone's problem, not everyone's problem. Exactly. And the ideal situation is for you to not even have to go and knock on the door, is for them to actually come to you. But they're not going to come to you if they don't understand their messaging, your messaging, they don't understand what you're doing, and they don't think you can help them. Yes, absolutely. Now, it's always a little bit fun to uh, go through that process of people realising that, oh, well, you know, 5,000 people, that's way more than I could probably actually work with at any given time. Um, so if I just spent my next year trying to work with those some of those 5,000 people, you're going to do really well. But if you're trying to work with a million people, hopefully those 5,000 people might see you. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> and that was actually going to lead to my next question, which you answered beautifully was what if somebody else in your local area is doing exactly the same as what you are? Well, if there's 5,000 people, can you actually service 5,000 people in that amount of time? So there's definitely a lot of people out there that need exactly what you do. So, yes, let's make the pie bigger for everybody so we can all have a bigger piece. And that's one of the things that I lent into really quickly because in my space, um, working with um, businesses that work with people with disabilities, collaboration is really key so that, you know, the person living with the disability has the services that they need and not everybody does all the services. So they have to communicate, they have to collaborate. And so that was one of my first ports of call. I've got to find other people that are doing what I'm doing 
so I can refer to them because not everybody's going to like what I do. Yes. Right. Um, you know, I, I do group coaching and I have some one-to-one with my clients, but it's primarily group. And so if people want only, they don't want to come to a group session, they don't want, they don't want to watch a video and come and ask questions and be available, then I can refer them to someone I know who does that, right? And we all work together because some people um, want to be able to build a community and have a, a group around them that they all support and learn off. That's what I do, right? So I, I always find it funny when everyone says there's too much competition in my space. No. I said, well, if your niche is right, then it's there's no competition at all. No. Right? So it's just a matter of actually having that really, really clear point that you stand out at. And um, yeah, I, I love I love that about what you you do as well, Kathy, because we've definitely talked about it and I've heard you talk about it a couple of times, particularly when you're you know, looking at advertising, that sort of thing, having that ideal avatar, being really, really clear on it. Yeah, absolutely, because it's really difficult to talk to everybody unless you're Facebook. Yeah. But even Facebook didn't start that way. They started in one university, one campus, basically one dorm room, and mm. then once they got their mates, then their mates, then their mates, then their mates, and then they started to expand to other universities. And it was literally years before they got out of the university system. But we mm-hmm. look at what they're doing and go, but they're not specific. They talk to everybody. Yeah. But they're so many years down the track. And then other people go, but, oh, they only started two years ago. Yes, but they had a great referral partner and they were able to fast track their business. So that yeah. could be something that you're looking at and like you are talking about, collaboration. Because it's, sometimes it's great to have it two ways. The person that you're referring to for one-on-one, they don't do group. Somebody yep. comes looking for group. They want the community. Oh, I've got just the perfect person to refer you to. Uh, yeah. And that really brings up a really good point because those strategic partnerships can be absolutely magical for, for any business, and I think particularly in coaching, right? Um, so, for instance, one of the things that I did last year was actually go out and look for people who are in the same space but didn't do what I did, right? And so I connected up with a consultant who does a lot of the compliance and safety and that sort of thing, Um, and we used each other's audiences to be able to help and to grow. And, you know, she had a fantastic audience, which she had worked on for quite some time, and I had a different audience. There was some overlap but not a lot, and our services were complementary, not competitive. Perfect. And it was just really being able to leverage each other's uh, audience meant that we could get in front of a whole new crowd, which we didn't have before, but was still our ideal audience. Yeah, and not only that, but you're getting in front of that person's audience and you've got the credibility as well because she wouldn't be bringing in something or somebody who was not able to help them and not credible. So not only are you able to leverage off the audience, but you're also leveraging off that referral um, partnership because now you've got the gold stamp. So this yeah. is the person you need to deal with for these kind of things and you become that category of one. There is no other choice because you've got that stamp of approval and that yeah. referral. You know, I learned that process from my business before being a coach, which was actually being a cabinet maker. 
<laughs> things, right? And um, I realised that while I was a good cabinet maker, what I did, um, the, when I went out to do a kitchen or build some furniture, people often needed a plumber, an electrician, a tiler, all these people, right? And so it was just this process of, well, I know a really good plumber. I can get him to come in. And because I was referring him, they trusted him, right? And yeah. then we had a whole mix of people who were an ideal referral for what we were doing. Yeah. Right? And I think the building community actually works really well with that. Oh, because 100%. when you're buying a house, quite often if you're having it built, you're not actually dealing with all those different trades. But yeah. they have a whole team and no, they don't work for them. They're subcontractors, but you don't go out and get three quotes for the plumbing. You don't go out and get three quotes for the electricity. You just hire the building company and then they organise all the rest. So I think that's a great model to follow. Oh, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot that can be learned from that sort of space. I mean, in the same vein, you know, I've got someone who handles compliance I've got uh, someone who brings in VAs into this specific space. I've got someone who does staff training in this area. You know, it's just having all these people, uh, it's like a Swiss army knife available to me to be able to go, okay, well, we've been working on this area of business. Now we're going to look at this area, right? And you know what? We're going to bring in um, the guys from uh, KBPO. They will sort you out with a VA. We've got all systems set out now so we can hand some of those systems over and it's just a, a seamless process to growth. And we see it time and time again. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm getting referrals from them as well. It's not just me bringing them in. I'm getting referrals from them as well, which has just been you know, magical. Everyone loves referrals. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then it just makes it easier for the clients as well because they don't have to worry about who they're going to be using Will they treat yeah. them properly? Do they understand their specific circumstances? So as a coach, it is really good to see who else you can partner with. And do you mm. need somebody who maybe does VAing or does email marketing or does websites or whatever it is that you need? If you've got a partner that can help, then that just cuts mm. down all the anxiety for everybody. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think it's it just comes back to that idea of what is the simplest path to where you want to go and just make that path move forward. Is it, um, you know, is it referral partners? Is it um, going live every day on Facebook or LinkedIn? Is it, hey, is it pounding the street? Do you work with brick and mortars? Do you need to go and pound the streets and, yeah. you know, actually walk up to business? What, what is the thing that's going to put you in front of your ideal client as fast as possible and then how can you then start to leverage that once it starts working yeah and it, it's interesting that some of the old things have now becoming become new again actually picking yeah. up the phone and talking to people is a brand yeah. new marketing oh, technique wow. I, who would have thought yeah remember remember that thing that they we have now sometimes for standing on it was called the yellow pages yeah right <laughs> It's all online now, but you can still find it and you can still look up businesses yeah. and you can still go and just go, right, this business, here's a list of 100 businesses who look like my ideal client, right? Yeah. Why can't I just give them a call and, and, and chat to someone and see what they need to hand with? Yeah, and sometimes it's a case of going to LinkedIn and making sure that they do fit into your category and sometimes yep. it's literally just picking up the phone and yeah. 
the first no is not always going to be no, no, no. And it's a learning process and you get to refine your messaging, how you're talking, what time you're doing it and all those other things. Yep. It's a great learning curve. And I think that as you start to grow through those different phases, you will then start to go, right, this is now too time-consuming because I'm doing so much of this thing that now I need to either eliminate or automate or delegate it, right? Um, I love telling the story that I was doing so many online workshops through Facebook. I actually got banned from Facebook because I had close to 300 open DM messages that I was doing like this over the space of about 24 hours, uh, sending people all the details to my workshop, the live Facebook event, dropping links. Um, and so it was that thing, all right, I need a, I, now I need a better way to manage people, yes. right? Manage leads, right? So then I built my first little um, website, which was literally just a landing page, which had a booking link on it, which had the details for my uh, workshop. Right, and it was just a lead magnet. It had a grabbed your name and your email, and that was it, right? And nothing changed for ages after that because that solved that problem, and everything else was fine. But then, obviously, as things grew, I started letting go of the more time-consuming tasks, all the ones that I really, I was uh, band-aid band-aiding together because I wasn't good at it, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> started to go right well what software can i use to take that load off me so yeah. i can spend more time doing the thing i'm better at right and then what um do i need to employ someone to now take this load off me so i can do the thing that i'm better at right and so just going up that ladder not trying to do everything at once so i mean if you look at me now i've got you know several websites with several different lead magnets and i've got booking links um, I've got a VA who runs my Facebook communities and LinkedIn communities and does my social media. Um, I've got, they also handle some of my client details and lots of stuff. I've got an online training platform. But when you look at it, it's still free information, leads to a conversation, leads to a PDF that gives them my details and a Stripe account <laughs> where they send their stuff, right? Perfect. It's still the same thing. But we've just added in things that automate parts of that because of the volume that we're dealing with now. Yeah, and making right? it more streamlined for your client yeah. experience. 100%. Like when I had time, I could spend all day on Facebook answering questions, asking questions, posting, all that sort of stuff. Now we set up our content at the, at the beginning of the month and it's automated and it goes out, right? Which is great, but to be honest, it's not the thing like that's not the main thing that i need i need to be coaching my clients yes right? absolutely so that's what i want to focus on that's why i have the thing that does the other but if i was starting a new space i would be in the trenches learning exactly what everyone needs having the conversations right because that's that's where the money is really started to be generated yeah and i think that's a really good point is people think that they can jump to automating their social media and just literally spreading out hundreds of pieces of content. But if you haven't got that messaging right, if you haven't spoken mm. to your people, if you don't know your people's problems, then how do you know if you're actually hitting the mark? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because 
if you are if you've got this fantastic automated system that sends out to every platform and you've got a, a, a thousand people on an email list and all that sort of stuff and you are sending them out gum nuts um then then they're just going to leave them there they're not going to pick them up and go this is what i need right um, but if you've got a hundred people in a list who are your ideal client you've got a hundred potential clients there yes and that's right. exactly how you know if it's working or not. If you're sending all of this information out and you're getting crickets or very little engagement, you're probably not quite hitting the mark. Yeah. And maybe maybe you're, you've, you've found the right space, but you, you found the space you really want to be in and it is a niche, but you have, you're still getting it. Then obviously going, right, how, how big a problem am I solving for these people? Yes. Or is this what's really needed in this space? Um, you know, if I was going to um, NDIS providers where I work and I was going to, you know, tell them how to, I don't know, I got to keep going back to being plumbing, help them, tell them how to fix their toilet, it's not going to be overly useful, is it? No. Right? <laughs> I've got to go back and go, right, well, what are the problems? A lot of it is, you know, um, building, building a referral network is one of the key points that you need to have in this space. Um, you've got to be able to understand your numbers because a lot of people in this space um, haven't grown up with business. They, they've been working as nurses and support workers and now have a business. Yes. So we needed to help them understand the profit and loss and how to make sure you're actually making a profit, but also how to manage people because um, they're now going from maybe running a team, but now they have employees and you know their clients, many of them have a mental illness or a, um, a, a, a cognitive delay or purely just unable to function for themselves. And so they need to be able to manage people and a lot of very varying people at that as well, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a lot of what we do. We, we found the, the key things that they were having a problem with and just solved those several key problems, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's where a lot of coaches are too. They've come, yeah. come from corporate where they've had somebody else managing the business before and now it's a case of they want to go out and coach. I spoke to a coach last week and they want to coach 100% of their business time. I said, that's yep. great, but you're going to have to go and work for somebody else because yep. you can't, as a coach, coach 100% of your business time because, as we've been discussing, there's all these other things that you need to be doing. got to do it to make it yep. work. Yeah. Um, so if that's your goal, you will have to go and work for somebody else. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, there's a great guy um, on YouTube. His name's Vin Yang, and he talks. He's a public speaker, and um, he says there are so many amazing coaches out there who don't have any clients because they can't communicate how they're helping people. And they they could be a ten at coaching, but yes. they're only a three at communicating what they do. Which yes. means that the coaches that are only a three, but can communicate at a ten get all the clients yep right and, and how and, often do we see that we see these coaches out there and you go oh i could be so much better than that but the yeah. point is they're out there are you yeah 100 percent. and you know i'm sure that um if, if anybody here listening is a coach you're probably getting emails and and facebook dms and linkedin messages saying you know i'll help you get to your first 10k month and all that sort of stuff and you look at the person and they're like 18 Right? <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, great. Maybe you're a marketing person, but have you actually 
worked in this space? Have you actually learned coach? You know what coaching is, right? Coaching isn't coming in and telling someone what to do, which, you know, a lot of these people call themselves coaches. They just, they come in and tell you what to do. That's a, that's a consultant at, at best, right? Absolutely. Um, a consultant with no experience. <laughs> yes. I, I love right? it how you see business coaches. And one, they've never owned a business before their business coaching business. Two, they're not actually a coach. It's a framework. And once you stop following their specific me- methodology, nothing happens anymore. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that they're out there doing all this amazing stuff, supposedly, and they can't get clients either. Yeah, right. So it's just a matter of, I, you know, and to be very, very honest to everyone who's listening, you know, I, I'm a coach, but I have coaches, right? Um, because it's, it's too easy for me to get carried away with things I'm doing. And, you know, um, I, since, goodness, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've had a coach for, um, I, over the last 10 years, I've not had a coach for a maximum of about one year, right? And it's just this idea of even though I'm a coach, I need a coach. Absolutely. You, right? you don't know what you don't know. I mean, how yeah, often do you exactly. stand at the bottom of a forest looking up and you can't see the branches? Because yeah, right? we get so stuck in our heads and that's one of the things we do so well as coaches is be able to see what is somebody in somebody else's head but we quite often can't see what's in our own head. We've, we've all heard the analogy that the mechanic's car is always broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> don't, don't look at all the cabinets in my house. As a cabinet maker, I may or may not have a couple of unfinished projects still in my house. And uh, how long since you've actually been a cabinet maker as a trade? Oh, you know, I, I got, rid of, got rid of the business uh, officially <laughs> about, about a year and a half ago. Uh, I've still got the tools. The tools are still there. I've still got some of those. So I'm sure we'll get to them at some point. Um, and you know but, what? Your wife should actually employ a cabinet maker to come in and get it finished and done. And, and if she did that, she knows 100% that I would be out there in a heartbeat not letting anyone else touch it. So it's all, <laughs> all back, everything happened. But we're like that as business coaches, right? We can, we can go into somebody else's space, into their business, and we can help them identify all the issues that are not working. We can help them increase their profits. We can help them make massive changes with their staff and all that sort of thing. But what problems are we solving in our own businesses? Indeed. And what problems are we creating because we're trying to make things far too complicated (laughs) or make things that we're not ready to step into yet? Yeah. I I love the idea as a guy... um, uh, who I did some work with a few years ago now, and I'm actually uh, working with again now at the moment, uh, Taki Moore, he talks yeah. about the idea of the minimum viable product. It's, it's not a unique to him. It was just the first time I heard it. it was the minimum viable. What is the minimum that you could possibly do to actually have someone come into your ecosystem and become a client? Indeed. And then you just nail that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing when you let go of all this other stuff, which all the flashy stuff. And uh, I implore anyone that's listening to this, if you've got like, you know, a bundle of funnels and all this sort of stuff, you know, if you're my client, I'd tell you, switch them all off and go, you know what, let's, for, for lack of a better term, let's hit the pavement. Let's hit Facebook. Let's hit LinkedIn. Let's start the actual conversations. Let's go out and make these connections. Let's go out and uh, I'm a business coach. Cool. I'm going to go and meet an accountant that deals with my ideal clients. I'm going to go and talk to some business brokers because I help businesses to grow so they can sell them. I got to know several business brokers, right? What, whatever it is, you just got to find these people where they are, solve their problems, 
and they will come to you. So if we've got a coach listening who's just recently got qualified and they're really yep. struggling to get their first client, what would your advice be to them? Um, I would really think about exactly what you want to do, right? Not, not who you want to help, what do you want to do, right? Um, that was one of the big changes for me was, well, you know, yeah, I want to make money also, but I don't get out of bed for money. I get out of bed because I've got a purpose, right? For me, I wanted to help people who helped other people, right? Um, and so I want to be able to be in a space where I can help the people who help with people who are less fortunate or more vulnerable or something. And that was the vague idea that I had, right? Well, that led me on a path, a wide path to going, right, what type of businesses work with people? And there's not-for-profits and there's charities and there's, you know, um, good sammies and there's, you know, um, people that have, like, community events and all that sort of stuff and there's aged care and all that sort of thing. And I, I just started looking at this space in disability and I go, right, well, there's, there's some stuff that I could do here. I mean, I do a lot of stuff around personal development. I know business really well. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people now that I'm in like, about Facebook. I went to the spaces where they were on Facebook, the groups they were in. I saw the questions they were asking continuously, right? Um, how do I make money as an NDIS provider, right? Really clear question, okay? But if there's someone listening who is trying to find that, like, what do you actually want to do? Do you want to work one-on-one -on -one with a couple of people and help them get their get their third boat awesome right people who want to buy their third boat have a very specific set of problems yes they do right? <laughs> okay and and i'm not I've, I've worked with people like that and i'm not that doesn't get me going right yeah. it's great and you you get to that point and you go cool i've now got x amount of profit and i'm going to go out and buy my boat great awesome cool let's chat about the next thing um haven't got time on my boat oh fair enough so <laughs> um so find out what you want to do and who you would actually like to help for the rest of your life, right? Because I, I look at coaching as a lifelong thing. I can do this when I'm 80 <laughs> and and I, I intend to. I don't like the idea of retirement. I like the idea of just helping people for as long as I can. Yep. And so find that person, that one person. Don't try and find your next 10 clients. Find out the type of people that you want to work with and what you want to do. Then find one person in that space, not literally, you know, Tom Jones down the road at whatever Baker Street, but that one ideal avatar who you can then go, right, this is this person's problems. Yes. And this is what they're dealing with. And let's let's rate their problems, right? Um, there's, a, there's that hierarchy of problems. There's the known and spoken problem, which is sort of that outer ring, you know. Oh, you know, oh, it's really tight. It's hard to find work right now, all that sort of stuff. Then there's the known and unspoken problem, which is the next line in. It's actually so tight, I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my guys this week, right? People won't talk about that, but it's what they're thinking. If you can solve that problem, you've got a client, right, because they will trust you. Then there's the third inner ring, which is the unknown problem, right, which is the reason that they don't have enough money that they can't pay their yes. staff. When you solve that problem, then you've got a client for life, right? Because Absolutely, because then you can articulate the problem that they don't know. Exactly, right? 
And, you know, and I'm sure that many coaches have, have, have had these conversations when you are, um, you know, dealing with someone maybe about making a certain amount of money, right? I go, oh, you know, I always get to about $100,000 a year and I just can't seem to get over it. Okay, that's the problem that they're speaking about. It's, oh, it's really frustrating me. I feel like I should be able to do better than that. Maybe that's their unspoken problem and they feel bad about it. The unknown problem often is they have an issue with making money. Yes. When they were younger, they were poor. Or someone told them that they'll never be rich. Or Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, money doesn't grow on trees, right? Um, all these sort rich of things. Rich people are nasty. Rich people are nasty. That's a big one, right? And um, it's just this idea that people get to is I can't get over this barrier. So that's their un- unknown. They don't know that they have an issue with money like that. Yeah. Right. And now you've just sold and made, but you can't market that problem because they don't know it's a problem. So we're talking about the unknown, sorry, the known but unspoken problem. Yes. Right. And so finding those things and then just solving that problem. Um, one of the biggest lessons that I learned was from Gary V, right? Like him or hate him, um, he has a very, very clear message. And you can listen to anything he said in the last 10 years. He only has one message, right? Give everything away and the people that want to work with you will work with you, right? And I've, t- I've taken that, right? The, I, I, I solve the problems for the people freely. I've got videos. I've got worksheets available for them. If you want a hand to do it, then let's chat, right? The amount of trust that builds is so high, right? And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge some of the coaches that are listening right now, is that there is probably only about five percent of what you do and know which is proprietary to you, if that, if that, right? Ninety-five or more percent is readily available on YouTube to anybody that searches for it, yeah. right? So if you aren't pre-jumping that gun and going, well, here's the information sent out to my ideal clients, they now know, like, and trust you. They know that you can solve their problems. Um, most people, like 85%, I think the numbers were last time I looked, will download free information and do zip with it. Yep. Right? That, but they now they know, like, and trust you. And you also gained a lead because they downloaded your free information. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's a case of I really wanted that, but the phone rings or the kids scream yeah. or the business partner comes in and then you forget about it. So by doing the follow-up, oh, yeah, that's right, Paul sent me this. Okay, I'll have a look. Oh, no, the phone's ringing again. And it might take three, four, ten times. And then they get to read it and they go, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But, yeah, nah, not right at the moment. On the 20th time, there's that cash flow issue that they're not sure what's going on and they go, oh, I know Paul can help me. I really need to talk to him right now. Yeah, yeah. And that has rung absolutely true for us. I mean, I've got a, a you know, my main lead pool uh, for now is actually a Facebook group with about 2,500 people in it. I've got people that joined that group about three years ago who are only just now at a point where they need what I do, right? If I tried to sell them three years ago, they would have gone, no, I'm not interested. But right now, and I, and I haven't even heard from them. I haven't seen them like a post or anything, right? Nope. Oh, now I'm at this point where I need what you do. I've been following you in the background. Yes. Right? 
And it's just the fact that, you know, thank you so much for everything you've done, all that information, that, that particular thing really helped me. Um, I want to do this now. Can we work together on that? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the important thing about giving your best stuff away for free because they go and they try it and it works. So yeah. now you've built that credibility where you haven't even actually probably had a conversation with them, but they've downloaded the, the free thing. They've gone and had a go at it. Might not have been perfect, but it helped solve that one problem that it needed yeah. to solve. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, just always bringing it back to how simple can I make my business who, what do I want to do? Who do I want to solve problems for? And how do I want to how do I want to get in contact with them and help them? And just simplify those things as much as you can, and then nail it, like absolutely nail it, right? Um, you know, as I said, I, I did like free workshops on Facebook. The first one I ran, no one came. No, but record it anyway. That is content. Oh yeah. So what I did was for that thirty minutes that I had allocated for it. I go, right, here's the information that I've got. I'm going to record it. It's going to take me 15 minutes now because there's no one asking questions. And for the next 15 minutes, I go, right, how do I promote this one better next time? Right? The next and one, then I think you can I, also I, use oh. part of that that you recorded. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, that, that video went up and said, hey, here's the awesome workshop that we had last night. Um, there was some issues, so it's just me and you guys have got it. Here it is available. People comment on it. That's great. Thank you so much. Yes, they just time at the right time, right? Yeah, and that's um, something to be really aware of is to have the recordings available because we have a global audience. Quite yeah. often, the time that you've set is the middle of the night somewhere, or it's tea time, or it's school pickup time, or it's some other important business meeting that your client needs to go. Doesn't mean hmm. they don't necessarily want that information. Just means that they can't come to it live. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we need to remember that everyone is is human and, you know, the kid could be sick or all that sort of thing, right? So record it, absolutely. And I think it is just so, it's so easy now to record content and put it out that it's almost a, a non-issue. It should just be happening. Yes. Right? Well, you can do it exactly like we're doing here, just straight on Zoom. Zoom's free in a lot of instances. So yeah. just set up a Zoom, set it up in a quiet area, press record, edit if yep. you have to, but the best thing to do is just record and get it out. Yeah, 100%. And I'm going to I'm going to go one step further and say if you haven't done it yet, go live on some form of platform. Perfect. Right? Because that is often the the main thing that will give you then the confidence to go and record something that someone will watch. Yeah. Right. Because no. we're always worried about how we sound and what we look like, and will anybody understand what I'm saying? Am I am I talking gibberish? Right. Um, so just get that out of the way because um, nine out of ten times it's actually going to be ideal what's for someone needs. And you go, oh, it wasn't perfect. Well, it wasn't perfect for you, but it was probably perfect for your ideal client, though. Indeed. And a lot of people think that what their message is too simple. That is the most important message because yeah. remember your clients don't know what you know. So yeah. it's exactly what you're talking about the cabinetry before. You can just go in, undo some screws, put on a couple of doors, whack it together. Everybody else has got to think, what kind of screws do I need? Do I need a screwdriver or is it a drill or whatever it is? 
So yep. sometimes the simplest explanation is the best. So I love that, that um, just press record in any way, shape or form. Oh, mate, absolutely. And Get I think that is the perfect place to end this part of our conversation. So yeah. thank you very much, Paul. And I have five questions for you. Are you going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hit me. All right. Best advice given to you by a mentor? Um, boring is profitable. Okay. Explain that one. Um, the stuff that you do over and over again is the stuff that moves your business forward, not the fancy, flashy, shiny objects, the boring stuff, tracking your numbers. The most profitable thing is simply measuring the numbers in your business. Nice. I like that. What is the biggest help that you have received since starting your business? The biggest help I've received, um, look, as I said, I've had coaches and uh, all that sort of thing. I've, I've paid people. I've got to say, I've got a virtual assistant at the moment who is just an absolute machine. Um, we've been working together for about two years now. Um, it probably took about six months for us to really gel properly, but she is amazing. She manages my whole community, um, you know, my leads, my people in my Facebook group, my clients. Um, she makes sure that I look good. <laughs> so she is the biggest help to my business at the moment. Very nice. What is the one thing that you have to do every day, your non-negotiable? Or oh, non-negotiable, move. Um, so I, I, I have actually arthritis and um, that sort of thing. So whether it is um, going to the gym, doing some calisthenics, or even just stretches and, and, and um, movement, um, I make sure that I always do it every day because I know that if I don't, I feel like rubbish and I start to get sore. So move, move every day. Perfect. Preferably break a sweat. Nice. What is the, your favourite business book and why? Oh, uh, my favourite business book is probably Sell Like Crazy by Subri. It's on my shelf over there. Oh, uh, Sell Like Crazy by Subri Subi. Um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long-winded version of find an ideal client, give them an offer that is so crazy and awesome that they should take it and then work with them. No. Don't, don't buy the book. It's that, that's what it is. Okay. okay seriously. But no, I, I went through that whole book and it was uh, that was probably about four years ago now, uh, which, which didn't change anything immediately, but it got me on the path to simplifying everything I did. Love that. Ideal client, irresistible offer, let them buy it. 100%. Fantastic. What do you wish you'd known when you first started out? Oh, that I would be here now. Um, when I started out, I had no idea if this was even going to be viable. And I just thought, well, you know what? Uh, at the time, I was like 38. I thought, I've got to do this. I've got to make a change. I want to do this. I feel like I need to, uh, I, guess, I guess, prove to myself that I could do something like this, start a whole new career in this space. Um, I had no idea that it would be successful as it is now. Um, I, I'm, I get invited around the nation to speak on stages now, which is just nuts. Um, never thought that would even be a thing, but that happened. Um, so, yeah, just if, I, if I'd have known that when I started, maybe I would have been more, more gung-ho about it. Maybe I would have been. But, um, yeah, I, just, I didn't, definitely didn't know it. <laughs> 
And that's fantastic and an absolutely another reason to niche because then you become the expert in that one space. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Fantastic, Paul. So for people that are particularly in Australia and in the NDIS space and would like to know more about you, how do they get in touch? Uh, well, I've talked a lot about Facebook and LinkedIn and that sort of stuff. So if you do search up at NDIS Business Coach, so that's NDIS Business Coach, you will find me on most platforms. All right. Uh, so there's that. And you can get a hold of me on my website, actionandintent.com.au. Um, there are some free resources there which are going to change your business within 60 minutes. And there are also means where people can book a call with me and I don't sell on my calls. We actually solve a problem in 15 minutes. So that's available to you as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for all your wisdom, your knowledge, and letting our coaches know how it is actually possible to simplify and grow. 100%. Thank you so much for having me. I love this topic, and I'm so happy I got to chat with you about it. You are very welcome. And SPT community, remember, enjoy your journey. Hey, did you enjoy this podcast? Why don't you go and check out the Coaches Marketing Roadmap, your step-by-step guide to accelerate your journey to a thriving coaching business. Thecoachesmarketingroadmap.com.au And don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk for Coaches podcast. Go to smallbusinesstalk.com.au for all the show notes from this episode. Remember, coaches, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Coaches, you've got this. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Remember, just start one step at a time, take consistent action and enjoy your journey.